Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everything eventually comes down to a choice. In such a big world, so many choices. Here, in this little lost place, things are simpler. You'll find it because you are meant to. And inside, you'll find my lift and me. I'll take you where you need to go, and then you choose. Once you do, things will get much better or much worse. <laughs> Before you listen to this podcast, be aware this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humor at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. Speaking of balls. <laughs> <laughs> my guest today, the deceased Harry Carrot. Hi. <laughs> I hear they call you Whiskers. Why is that? They don't call me Whiskers anymore. What do they call you? I'm the man of the moon. <laughs> You're Andy Kaufman. I like cheese. <laughs> I once had a big ball of cheese. I, I like, like things cheese shaped balls. I like You're things great. shaped like balls. I do. With They're easier cold, to put your mouth with a cold course line. <laughs> cheese balls. This summer, Budweiser is called America. Okay. Enjoy your beer, America. America. <laughs> oh Fucking pretentious bastards. They legitimately changed this is, it, this right? This represents... What's that? Yeah, just for the summer or something like that. So stupid. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dan. You made my night. Welcome to the Nice Story Podcast, Greg. I feel Pe- welcomed. Yeah. People I- don't know who the hell you are because I, that's how I'm starting the show. Oh. They're like, who's this Greg guy? Hi, that I'm you're Greg. So- Hi, Greg. Greg was uh, outside um, and I said, goodbye. <laughs> I said, you look like an interesting guy. Why don't you come in? We're doing a podcast tonight. And I said, hey, sure. And it's, it turns out Greg is actually a graphic designer. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? It's fantastic. I take it's it, tremendous. I take money for design. <laughs> I feel like such a whore. 
Longtime listeners of the show will know that I say two things too often, tremendous and fantastic. So it has now become a joke, and we're trying to stop that because it's like ear rape every time that's said, isn't it? It's like awful. You just like, stop it. Stop saying tremendous. Stop it. I'm going to turn this <laughs> off if you don't stop saying tremendous. Tremendous. I think at this point, it. you're just saying it just to say it. I know. You wanted to get it I'm, I'm trying to. Well, every time I say it, I owe Jeanette a dollar. What are we up to now? I haven't been keeping track. Ten. Ten, ten dollars. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Well, so so the audience can keep track. They can send us messages via Twitter and tell me how much uh, money I owe you for this buddy, episode. Every time Dan says tremendous, drink. Oh, man, you'd be fucked up in like 10 minutes. Is, is this a drinking podcast? I've been on one of those. <laughs> Apparently. Now it is. It's more fun this way to learn about story and how to become a uh, better working artist in the world out there. Yeah. Is that the tagline for the podcast? Drink more? No. Think less? No, what Jeanette just said. What did Jeanette just say? She said something about being a better artist. (laughs) I know what she said. I was listening. (laughs) I can't quote her, but... I I don't listen to my show. Yes, you do. You do listen to your show. (laughs) Only when I'm editing. Yes. I listen to my show a lot, more than I want to. I listen to my show more than normal people do. I do listen to the episodes that I, uh, I'm on of other shows. Do you? Yes. You like to hear the sound of your own voice? Sometimes I'm laughing. It's kind of like masturbation, to it. isn't it? To like Some- listen to yourself on another podcast and be like, I was there and now I can hear it. Uh, uh, I actually do laugh at some of the things that I say when I'm on a podcast. I Good for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm hilarious. Because I'm listen funny. to me go. I'm funny. Oh, listen to me go. I'm so goddamn funny. I can't help it. Oh, I'm adorable. You know what? If I was, I, if I, 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 maybe we could, I could be friends with me. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's like, you can listen to this show and you'd be like, that guy's famous. I yes. can be his friend. We can hang out. We can drink. We're going to be buddies. I can get a Twitter account and follow myself on Facebook. So I, I'm good. Yeah. Well, it came, it came true for Jeanette. We're friends now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's the other way around. How did you guys meet anyway? Um, on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't I? I think I think Jeanette posted something, and I said uh, this is fantastic or tremendous or something like that. <laughs> Probably. I, actually, you messaged me. You were like, "I really like your artwork." I'm like, oh, "I really like your show." <laughs> and, that was, and that was probably followed with, "Can you do something for my show?" And you were just like, "Shit." Okay. <laughs> no, no, actually, it wasn't. I just, um, I saw something that she created, and I thought it was awesome. So I sent her a message, and and there you are. That's correct. Now we're BFFs for Fs. That's right. Oh, <laughs> not wonderful. You were going to say it. Tremendous. Even she was. Wonderful. She was. She was. She was a fan of the show, I, and I, I was like, "Wow, I have one of those." You probably have a lot of fans. You've been running your show longer than the Into the ground. <laughs> it's been going for a while. Like, Night Story was literally one of the first podcasts I ever downloaded once I figured out what podcasts finally were. And why did you download that specific podcast? Storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah. Actually. And then what caught my attention was the whole, like, Victoria intro because it was creepy and delightful. And I was like, oh, I learned stuff. And there's a creepy British child. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I find things are better better with a creepy British child. Wow, I'm gonna have to cut that out of the show. <laughs> Victoria, what do you have to say about that? As we say on the Caveman Mafia, three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, and go. <clears throat> Start that over again. 
Redo, redo. So, buttons. Buttons. And, and we're done. Thanks for coming by, Greg. Great. I'm gonna it was go a great show. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm going to go walk Fantastic. Thank you so much for your input, Greg. Yes. That was amazing. Yeah, everything that you recorded that Dan didn't record. <laughs> yeah, we'll just put that oh, at the guess. end. It'll be a bonus. Except all I record is my own audio because... Oh. So yeah. it's like the Garfield uh, car- comics without Garfield in them. Did you ever see yeah. that? That's hilarious. <laughs> they take Garfield out of all the Garfield comics, so it's just like John talking to himself. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> So that'd be about accurate then. Yeah, yeah. Like you just talking to yourself. It no is weird. Like when I've, when I've edited shows before, and this is not you, but like when I've edited interviews before, I treat the audio separately for both sides. So we have the left side, which is the local. And I should probably do that. It's going to sound weird when I do this, Greg, but oh. we'll, we'll do it when we actually really start the show. Um, is it gonna so tick? is it going to tickle? Pretty much. Okay. So I, I record the local audio on the left channel, and I record the remote audio on the right channel. See? Left, okay. right. Right. I got local it. Local remote. So that's how I remember which one is which. But when you edit each side separately, because there's different sound on the remote side than there is on the local side, and you treat each side differently for audio processing and noise cleaning and that sort of thing, it's weird to listen to either my half of the conversation by itself or the other person's because it's just like really quiet. And then sometimes you like, you'll hear like somebody will just like cough or, you know, just like little noises that they make that. And it's just weird. It's like, you can picture that person just sitting alone in the room and the only sound is their voice. (laughs) So like, if I'm sitting next to them, that's like all I would hear is just half of the conversation. It's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's creepy in a kind of, kind of a way. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't hear a word you just said. You'll hear it later. I heard something about later. Yeah. I just, I'm going to start making like creepy noises into the microphone when you're actually talking so that you just hear that randomly when you're editing. (laughs) Wonderful. That sounds like a lot of fun. A lot more work for me. You're welcome. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. We don't mind you having more work. You didn't have enough. All right. Well, maybe we'll we'll actually start the show here. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm on a right channel. You are. I I can hear myself in the right. You can hear yourself on the left side, unless your headphones are on backwards. Are they on backwards? You're in my right ear. Hey, now I'm in the left ear. You're in my right ear. Yeah? Yeah. I am or she is? You are. How am I in your right ear? You just told me to (gasps) switch the thing around. I don't get it. Hold on. You want you we you and I should both be on the left side. Yes. Okay. Well, there we go. So you're that, on my right side, but that's only because this side doesn't work. Uh, see, <laughs> you're in my right side, Jeanette. Well, there you go. It's perfect. It works out wonderful. Your headphones don't work on this side because the wire down here needs to get reattached. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just send you new headphones then. Cool. <laughs> I sent her the microphone she has. So You did, and I've been using it a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. So welcome to episode number 411 of the Nice Story Podcast. I am Dan Foytek. I'm Jeanette Andromeda, and today we have... Uh, I'm Greg Schaefer. You are Greg Schaefer. <laughs> Wait, that was question a question. Mark. Am I Greg Schaefer? <laughs> you are. I don't know. Are Greg you Schaefer? Greg Schaefer? <laughs> so are, and who are, is Greg Schaefer? That's what we're going to find out today. today. That is the that's, question. That's the purpose that of no today. no one is asking. 
Oh, we're I'm asking. asking it now. We're going to be asking. We're, we're fascinated <laughs> by you, Greg. Okay. So Greg is a graphic designer and an artist. And, and a graphic designer is basically an artist who makes I don't money. Give myself credit. I guess I do art. Yes. Yes. I heard that you painted this beautiful tree. Oh, Jesus. Not the tree story. And oh, someone. I don't like you anymore, Dan. What was it like a week later? They painted over top of it. No, was that no, when you stopped later. doing art? No. Uh, and this involves Al. Yes, it does. Oh, Al from the Caveman Mafia. So, oh, so Greg no. is also, in addition to being a graphic artist, a graphic designer, graphic artist. Is, is graphic artist correct too, or is uh, I? Yes. Okay. Graphic artist. Graphic designer. Graphic designer. Web web designer. Web design. I, webman. Yeah, I'm real bitch. master. I am just everybody's bitch, basically. <laughs> So yes, Greg's talented. Uh, I have a jack of all trades, master of none. But I know a lot of things, and I can do some things. Yes. So you are on the Caveman Mafia podcast. Yes, I was one of the original members. Yes, and and I was on the Caveman Mafia podcast as a guest several times. Um, we just figured out that it was two years ago was the first time that that I was on the show. Wow, memories. I know, isn't that nice? And I listened to the show for so long prior to coming on, it was like sitting in the room with celebrities. I was like, oh, these are the guys that make me laugh and not want to quit my job because I had a horrible job back then. Oh, no. So I've wanted to have Greg on for a long time, not only because Greg's funny and uh, does fantastic voices and is a very talented designer, but mainly that because you are... A storyteller, and, and that's what we do here is we talk about stories and storytelling. And I'll tell you why I think what you do is is a very interesting form of storytelling because you only have so much room. You have like basically you do a lot of logo and, and mm-hmm. um, design work that represents either an organization. Uh, usually, it's companies, right? That you do work yeah. for. So basically, that company has to tell its story through that one image that they're going to see. That's going to be kind of like what you see when you go to their website, it's their right. brand, their identity. And I think that that's one of the things that we as creators, as uh, artists and writers and storytellers, we have this thing that we create and we want to get it out there into the world and we want people to hopefully buy it. Right. And I think that we are sometimes very bad at, understanding the importance of branding. So Mm -hmm. I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about web design today and talk a little bit about graphic design and the importance of coming up with a a good, solid brand that is consistent. Like you don't use one thing on your website and another thing whenever you're on Twitter. You kind of try to keep everything so it's branded and tied together right? so that it's recognizable. But more than that, it's to me, it's kind of almost like, like poetry because you have very, very little room and you have essentially a very condensed way of telling a story. It's not like when you write something, I have as many pages as I want or as many pages as people will read or listen to before they get bored. You have a very short amount of time, usually a few words and, and uh, you know, a strong core image. Right. right? So tell me a little bit about that. Well, the, with artists like, you know, like Jeanette doing her artwork, which is like digital. Uh, what would you consider it, digital painting? Is that what you yeah. consider that? 
I would consider it digital painting because I kept trying to do the uh, like illustrator, like right. the actual illustrator program right. and just failing miserably. So right. I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to do what I do on paper, but on a computer screen. Right. And so it's quite amazing. Uh, Thank you. But how do you brand that? So there's That's a, a good there's, question. There's a, there's a big uh, disconnect between artists doing their own artwork and having a style and then marketing that artwork as a as an artist um so you see like your artwork i mean what mm -hmm. can you do to market yourself better most people that are in your position pay somebody they have a marketing person or a public okay. relation person that can go out and get their stuff seen because if your artwork is not seen nobody's going to care what your logo is nobody's going to come to your site or go to your facebook uh right. if dan writes stories and nobody reads them and nobody can get them in if he can't get them into people's hands if he's not going to um like storytelling events where people are getting to listen to his stuff and he has some kind of following that can get people involved past that point it's very difficult so for me as a graphic designer if you came into my shop we'd have to really uh you i i think before you even get into a graphic design standpoint because you you have the artwork like for a mm -hmm. writer they don't have artwork they right. have words. So yeah. uh, for you, for, like with me working with you, it would be easier because you have stuff to make it. You're making pretty artwork. So people want to see it, and you can use that, and people it would integrate into your website, integrate into your printing materials, uh, posters, uh, pull-up banners, or whatever if you're at any shows. Uh, and your artwork itself could be you know, on display just as it is. Right. Um, so it's easier for artwork to be marketed because it translates into web and print. Right. The, well, and it also makes writing, sense. Like, hard. yeah. Um, so like with what you do, like if you were to go with a visual artist, it'd be a little bit easier for you to find the essence of who they are. Cause most artists tend to have some sort of a style, whether they know it or not. Right. Um, but like if you were to approach say Dan's stuff, like if you know, his writing, specifically how do you get to the core of like visually like if you were to make a brand for dan as an author how would you go about figuring out what his visual logo would be or what his visual essence is that's what i feel like a logo is it's like trying to be all of the things well, at once well with dan's stuff uh, in particular he already has one he's gone with a concept and that's easy to build off if he came to me and he had victoria and like I've I built logos for him. I've helped him with some things. Uh, it's easy. That stuff's easy because he already has uh, a feel to his writing. He already has mm -hmm. a feel to what he wants to show to his audience and to show to potential readers. Um, and on top of that, he's smart enough to know to be in cahoots with artists like yourself that can make him look better visually because mm -hmm. his are just words. So he needs it's like uh you'd have somebody that writes a kid's book. Like you can write a kid's book, but if you don't have somebody drawing or painting the illustrations in the book, it's just a story that you need somebody to draw the little bunny rabbits and and then it has a mm -hmm. style. So yeah. he's wise in the way that he marketed himself by ha by uh, basically enlisting all of these artists that want to there you guys are promoting yourselves He's promoting himself through th his work, through your work. It all works out. So for me, I can sit back 
and then take what other what you and other artists have done for him and his original core idea and make him make his brand stronger and that comes into what you know Dan was talking about with uh, making sure everything is consistent across the board. It's a little harder to do with getting different styles of artwork from different people, but if mm-hmm. you don't use that in the main branding, you can actually use that, I mean, as a, like, because he does everything with episodes and he does with different stories. It's like, you know, you don't, it, it's not going to be like the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey where every co- cover has the same thing on it, uh, and he's not trying to go for that with his thing. He's he's tackled the, you know, had people give him artwork. And I think that if he ever had books that he had covers for, they would have that different artwork for each one until he found an artist that was like, this is my artist. This is yeah. what I'm going to go with for my series or whatever he's going to be writing for. But for me from the outside marketing, uh, you guys are doing an excellent job already. You guys just need to get your work out there to see, to, to people. Um, so for Dan, uh, being visual and getting getting people to see him and hear him read because his voice is great uh, mm-hmm. is what he needs to do. That's right, baby. That, no, I mean, because <laughs> you're not it's just true, a writer. Though. Right. Uh, and that is, so you have an advantage over a writer that is too shy to talk. It, it helps that, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it helps to have a voice that is is designed for narration. Right. And to be able to have, I have a background in theater and um, I read a lot and I watch a lot of movies and I listen to a lot. I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of audio presentations. So, I mean, a lot of the old time radio stuff and, you know, I mean, I used to listen to the radio constantly. So I kind of understand the nuances whenever you're trying to narrate something and and get emotion across to it. Um, Not every, not everybody has a voice, you know, I mean, everybody has a voice, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Not necessarily. I, I'm very lucky in that regard <laughs> that I do have a voice that is usually pleasing to listen to most of the time, unless I drone on and on and on. But whenever I'm telling a story, usually it's, it's okay to listen to, um, unless I try to sing a song or something. We don't want that. No, no, it would be bad. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a great collaboration when you understand how all those components fit together because you have the written word and then you have the audio translation of it. And then on top of that, you have music that adds, it makes my job easier because it music is very visceral. It carries a very strong emotional content, um, whether it be something that's supposed to be frightening or something that's supposed to be joyous or whatever music can, can very quickly convey that we all have, you know, you can hear a few, you know, a few notes of something and know kind of what the direction of it is. And I feel it's the same way with visual art because it's something that we're very visual creatures. And to that, there's a lot of times when you see a particular image, a good logo, a good cover, a good piece of artwork, there's, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. I think it's worth a lot more than that because that image itself can convey a story. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm stimulated visually to, come up with ideas and whenever we are working on the lift or the wicked library and i'm working with the composer uh, nico a lot of times i will take the images that i get from jeanette or whatever artist i'm working with and share that with him because you know it, it we all feed off of each other you know so that image can inspire him to go in a different direction with 
the music and it can inspire me to go in a different direction with the way that I narrate a piece too. Um, so it's all a really cool synergy where we all work right. off of each other. I think you guys are doing well with it too. I, I mean, I, I like the way that you, you guys, you know, that you are branding your stuff. I mean, I've helped you a little bit, but that's oh. the easy part. Like, you know, <laughs> fill this space with some words. <laughs> I can do that. Uh, but you already have the feel for the for what you want your branding to be. So, yeah, I mean, I do try to I try to make sure that whenever I'm I'm working on putting together an episode of the Wicked Library, I'll just use that for an example. Um, I'll take the story and I'll I'll try to find when as I read through it, like what is the core of this story? What what image from this story really solidifies and jumps out to me? What do I see? in my, in my mind, whenever I'm reading it. And, you know, a lot of times I'll share the entire piece with the artist, but I try to also give them some direction, you know, like this is kind of what I'm picturing. And sometimes I'll draw a little stupid stick figures because I'm not an artist or I'll throw <laughs> some stuff re- together. You should release those. <laughs> you absolutely should. <laughs> Maybe next season I will. It's like, here's my original concept and here's what Jeanette made from it. That's awesome. <laughs> From, uh, you know, these three little stick figures. It's in a documentary. Um, that's right. <laughs> the process. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's – it's and when I came to you for the, the logo for Ninth Story, I knew I wanted something that kind of tied everything together. And, and Victoria is a big part of everything that I do. And I, it's kind of like – I don't want to compare her to, like, Mickey Mouse, but, you know, it's kind of like Mickey Mouse became Disney's core. It's like he mm-hmm. – he, Mickey Mouse was kind of the, I don't know, the uh, the amalgamation of, of everything that he was trying to convey, that sense of wonder and right. the cartoon and, and the childlike nature of things. Sort of like your podcast, The Night Story with Victoria. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. Like that. So she means what's that? <laughs> Just like the whole thing with Disney. Yeah, I mean, she came from from Ninth Story, and I knew she had a bigger story, so that's where the lift came from. But I mean, you know, in doing the Wicked Library, they kind of all fit together because it's all in that speculative fiction horror realm. Um, so you ever think for ele- elevators? I, I'm <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, I, I mean, I, I've always liked the number nine for whatever reason. And I, I like words that me have multiple meanings. So a story is another word for a, a floor in a building. And story is also, of course, a story. Um, so it kind of all tied together no, I through that. I never that connection. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Light bulb moment brought to you by. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's why the uh, that's why the ninth that's why the ninth story uh, every season is really special. No, I don't, I don't get to that level with it. No. Yes, um, if you hear um, Noah's Ark being built outside of my apartment, yeah, that's what's going on. Awesome. <laughs> There's well, just so a lot of drills and hammers and things. Yeah, see, they'll just, just float down on Noah's Ark. That's right. Actually, I don't know what they're building. I think it's a fence. So, so we started to talk about you painting a tree. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I totally let you go away from it. I know, I know, but I remembered. See? I so we're going to come this, back. And, yeah. I've never heard the tree story, uh, and it sounds horrifying, like it, legitimately. For an artist, it would be. I could see. Yeah. I mean, when when our good friend, uh, the stepfather Mike, was telling me about this, I was like, "Yeah, this is this sounds awful." So so let's relive this awful memory of yours, because that's what we like to do yes, on the please. night stories. We like to dig deep like Barbara Walters and see if we can make you cry. There are points in my life 
that I decided to do things and then regretted them. And that would be one of them. Uh, because Al, the newsman on Caveman Mafia's podcast, um, his parents, I, I've been friends with him since the dawn of time. Uh, and I'm good friends with his parents and we hang out all the time. And Not his, anymore. And his parents, uh, <laughs> no, they, they moved from that house anyway. So <laughs> his parents were like, they got this idea of, hey, we want a tree mural painted on the wall and the ceiling because they're repainting, they're remodeling their house and repainting and everything. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really like doing murals because eventually they're going to paint over it. Like mm-hmm. I know this because in college I painted one in the hallway in the dorms, and lo and behold, they ended up painting over that too. And I loved that mural. It was right right next to my yeah. room and had like all kinds of Enigma stuff in it uh. from the band Enigma. I was like, this is awesome. And then he painted over it. And I was so angry. <laughs> Um, so it doesn't get, it doesn't get any easier. The rejection of, you know, we have to paint this, right? It's not anything against you. It's not like they're going to tear the wall out and then put it up in a, in a, uh, like in the middle of, uh, one of the gardens or something. Oh, look at this mural. It's so good. We're going to knock the wall We're going to save that. Yeah. No, that's not how that happened. So uh, Al's parents wanted me to paint this and I said, okay, whatever. So I painted it and, uh, they eventually painted over it, and it like it was sort of like a. They just keep bringing it up, so I mean it's not uh-huh. as horrible, but it's one of those things that I uh, never get. They never let it go because when they moved into their new house, of course I get razzed about it, saying, "Oh, we were going to have you paint. You want to paint a mural?" And I'd be like, "I ain't ever painting a mural for you ever again." <laughs> no. How long did they have the mural before they painted over oh, a it? A few years. They had. I think they had it for a few huh. years. Okay. I don't think And you didn't like, get paid for this, right? Oh no. This was a labor of love. Oh. This was a labor of trying to do something for uh his uh, Al's mom. Yeah. See, so I can see how that stings a little bit. Like if you were paid for it and someone painted it, you'd be like, "Well, I got my money at least." That, yeah. Sort of like they made a bigger deal about it than I did cuz I I learned how to get over things and whatever. So I heard I heard you're going to paint a mural for the stepfather of uh, a scene of in Venice. In his upstairs. No, I'm not doing that. No. no. Why? Because he'll paint over it? He will paint over it with like green and gold. And- oh, I see. I don't think he would, though. That, knowing knowing him the way that I do, I think that that would be something that until they sold the house, he would keep it there. Yeah. I, and I, they're not selling the house anytime soon. I have not soon. painted in so long, it's not even funny. Like, I just don't do that anymore. Mm. I appreciate it, but I just don't do it. If I can do it on a computer like Jeanette does, I'd do that. There you go. So, I mean, it's, it, it's it's so long. It takes so long to uh, paint and draw now. <laughs> uh, who has the time? So do you do you paint and do, do you do you draw with your daughter? Uh, Is she getting to that I, age yet? She's starting to play around with crayons. Yeah, but mainly Yay! to draw on the piano. <laughs> to draw on the piano. Well, you just paint over top of she's it. If she does that. Both music uh, and break art. her heart. Yeah. So she's she's trying, but we'll see. She likes uh she likes cartoons and i was into cartoon why don't you uh, let drawing. her paint a mural on the wall <laughs> she's gonna end up painting it on there anyway and then you can paint <laughs> over top of it just to show her what it feels like <laughs> see kid <laughs> <laughs> i i'm hoping I, that i don't do that to her oh i will say the one thing that is good about my background is working in film and theater you paint things specifically to have them be torn down so you get really good at not being emotionally attached to most of your artwork <laughs> Yeah, I I was always emotionally attached to everything I did because it was time consuming. So mm-hmm. uh, I found, you know, when I 
did illustration or did any painting, you know, at IUP because I went to IUP for uh, fine art and I did painting and stuff. That's and, Indiana University yeah, of yeah. Pennsylvania for anybody who doesn't abla. Yeah. I didn't um, abla. But Thank yeah, you for translating. <laughs> You're welcome. I, d- I did painting there, and I cared about everything that I did. I think I cared too much. Probably a good reason why I got out of it, because I just can't handle... Like, it's too emotional. You know? I, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't do that on a day-to-day basis. And even when I do work now, I get... If I spend too long on something and I care about it, and a customer changes it, uh, I'll really just... Yeah. It'll change my mood, and I'll be like, yep, you're getting impact with a drop shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you! If you don't like it, you're getting Arial <laughs> and Times. That's nice. Your two fonts. Yep. <laughs> so, <end>. so do you <laughs> do you still do stuff on the side for yourself? I mean, do you do you have a sketchbook or anything that you work in? Not really. Not no, really. I I doodle a little bit, but that's nothing. To, nothing. Wow. Yeah. You really do get emotionally attached to the stuff. Are you, are you so? I mean, are you afraid to like sit down and and just draw for an hour? Uh. I, what prevents you from doing that? I'm just curious right because now, I can tell that you're passionate about it. Oh yeah, and I'm I can tell that you love it. Well, it's the same thing with music. I I play guitar and sing and stuff, and I've been, you know, in this band or that band, and I can't get back into it because, well, one time is like I work and then I do freelance design in, in mm-hmm. the evening. So I mean, your free time is your free time, and you could choose to work in it or not work in it. So mm-hmm. it's an excuse. I could find time to draw or could find time to paint or could find time to play guitar. Uh, and I end up not because I think I get too invested in it. And then I'm disappointed when I come back out like this. I mean, I haven't done artwork in so long and I think it's mainly because I do it all day Mm -hmm. in some form. And it's enough that I don't like feel like necessary to, uh, to spend more time on it for enjoyment. Because I have other things that I would rather do for enjoyment than that. Yeah, I mean, there's a mix that, that there's a balance to that. I mean, I do technical writing during the day, right. so to me, writing for pleasure is completely different. Um, because right. I'm telling a I'm telling a story rather than giving you step by step instructions on how to do something. Right. So well, I think I, I it's there in the back of my brain to mm. do that and to like do those things my creative side, but then it just never, it hasn't manifested yet. I uh, challenge you, Greg. Oh no, I don't like to go out and get it to go out and get yourself a sketch. No, go out and get yourself a sketch pad, man. And, and you know, like take, take an hour a week and no, I draw what, something. The, what people are doing, like what Jeanette's doing. When I saw the video of you doing, I'm like, that's so awesome. I, I wish I could do that. And I, I just, I don't have the, I feel like I use the excuse that I don't have the time, but I don't, invest the time in it i see i hear you i hear you're very talented i I was talking to john towers about that because john's very talented i mean Mm -hmm. with his uh comic book right and i used to do that kind of stuff too like yeah so and he comes and he comes from a design background too i mean he 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 did the graphic design route as well right um because he wanted to be an artist that made money right um (laughs) but we can i mean i think that there is a way now especially now with the way that things work, there is definitely an opportunity to to be. I mean, there are artists out there that make yeah. a, a, a good living. I wouldn't do it for money anyway. Like that, I don't. I I make enough money. I don't need that. Um, so it's the concept. Like I just have to get over that. You know, like that Kennywood thing with the bowling ball. <laughs> how you have to get it over there and keep it in the thing and not have the ball come back. 
Kennywood is a local amusement park here in oh. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, United oh. States, and <laughs> Europe. Was, it was a local drop. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, they probably have other amusement parks. I'm just imagining like bowling balls and trying to keep them places, and it is amusing. <laughs> okay, just so with there's that this much little there's this little carnival game where it's a rail. It's rigged, and the you roll a bowling ball over a whole hill. And if it rolls back over, then you fail. But if you can keep the ball in the dip on the opposite side, then you win. That's it's like a I twisted ski ball. I feel like I always end up with myself. I, I jump. I go, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm excited about this. And then the ball comes right back over the hill, and I'm back into my regular day, day-to-day routine. So it's hard for me to keep in, invested and uh excited about playing guitar or doing artwork i mean it's there i mean like i yeah. know that i could do it and it, as far as the skill you don't forget how to to draw those things um, yeah. and now with the digital stuff i could you know fix hey greg would you I like to do it would you like to do a uh, cover for the lift next year i i don't think my style is the same thing as yours though like i know what your feel is i don't think i'd draw that oh i have it, i have many different artists if it doesn't have transformers in it i don't know if i could do it oh uh, well i can write a transformers episode <laughs> there for you, you. Go. there you go <laughs> something with optimus <gasps> this prime. is when the elevator comes to Autobots life roll out <laughs> optimus prime <laughs> Autobots. Regroup. <laughs> I'm Optimus Prime. As, as long as the, uh, the as long as the uh, elevator is fueled by Energon, we'll be okay. No, I, I perfect. Bring I the Energon cubes quickly, I Autobots. I don't know what I would draw anyway. I'm just. Oh, I usually give direct. I usually give some direction. Yeah. As I showed you earlier, I'll make sure I intentionally mess it up. <laughs> of course you will, because that'll be passive aggressive bullshit. The shape of a triangle. You'd be like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" I know you can work with it. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so that's actually a good segue into uh, something that I wanted to ask you, Greg. Which is like when it's Greg. you some what? dude. Oh. <laughs> You're great. Did I rename you? <laughs> okay, <What's> Bob. <laughs> Lay it on me. Um, so I wanted to know, you. like, um, since you so, have been feeling like question. your Tremendous. artistic side uh, is I don't know about expressed through your graphic design, um, even though you're working within parameters, like. When when a company comes to you and says, hey, I need you to design, let's say the website, um, how do you kind of distill what they are, what they're doing into the story of the website? What? All right. So <laughs> there when was someone so much talking, I couldn't yeah, put I together when, a thought. When someone, when, when someone comes to you and wants a website designed, yes. how do you, I mean, unlike me coming to you and saying, here's my ideas, right. here's the parameters that I want or or maybe better yet, I mean, I'm sure you have stories like this where someone comes to you and like, I want this. And you either have to talk them out of it or they come to you and don't know what they want. How do you how do you f- extract from them what their actual what their actual story is and what they actually want it to be, even if they don't know? Because that's part of what you do, right? Is guiding the client to what they what they need, not necessarily what they think they want. Right. I. I as did as I capture gra- that, Jeanette? As a graphic yes, artist, I tell them what they want, and mainly it's what I want. I have okay. learned in the years that I have done this, and my boss included. Uh, we tell people what we want them to have, and it's better that they have it that way. Very few people disagree with that, but every once in a while, you get somebody that's like, "I, I, I want to see it that way," 
and you give them that, and then it sucks, <laughs> and then they come back to your idea. I on many many occasions I have designed um, multiple concepts, designed the ones that I liked, then designed the ones that they had the ideas for, implementing little images that they like or things that they think or fonts that they might think that they like, and then put <laughs> it in there, and then it looks like a total clusterfuck, and then they come back to me like, it, lo and behold, they'll they'll take like a month and they'll come back and be like, yeah, let's go with that one. The, the original one. And I'll be like, yeah, I knew you were going to do that anyway. Stop wasting my time. Um, so yes, yes, that I, I lead people to where I want them to go. Um, as far as people, I mean, there's in my business, we're dealing with lower end customers. So like PPG isn't coming into my business and saying, Hey, build me a website or I need a new logo. Cause they already got one. So, uh, you, Somebody like me coming in, the, yeah. one of the one of the low one of the riffraffs, no, low end <laughs> customers like me. Well, hey, Greg, I need you to design a logo. <laughs> well, I, you're you're either talking you're going to go downtown to a design firm. No, I know what you're saying. Charge you fifty thousand dollars for an identity <laughs> package that really is just a PDF with your logo on it. <laughs> I talk to my boss about this all the time. It pisses me off to no end. People come in, they're like, I want a branding guide. Fuck your branding guide. It's a fucking piece of paper, a PDF with your logo on it. They spend more time making the PDF with your logo and the colors and the backgrounds and everything just to tell you you have two fonts and your logo. Don't squeeze your fucking logo. That's it. Here's how you use your logo. Don't squeeze the logo. Don't stretch it. Don't squeeze it. Don't change the colors of it because then the colors we picked for you aren't going to be in there. Um don't so basically what you're saying is like the size of an image is important that if you have certain parameters, you, you need to stay within those. I am. You don't want to squish it. I am kind of saying that. Yeah. But really actually saying that. Yeah, it pisses me <laughs> off to know it because I mean, we're, you, I have experience with, with that. You deal with different uh. types of customers. You have the people that come in that don't have, they have a new business. They have no idea what logos they They build it like those are the best ones though, right? Oh, cause I can guide them into whatever yeah. I want. Uh, Yes. Um, and then you have people that already have an existing brand and want to rebrand. Yeah, because they got their image out of uh, a, a what do you call that clip art in Word, mm-hmm. right? And like, I can and tell you what I can take clip art out of Word and make it look like something that you've never seen before. But that's a I'm totally sure. different story. Uh, <laughs> but that's the difference between paying five thousand dollars for a logo and a branding package and uh, paying two hundred dollars for somebody to design something for your business cards. Yeah, uh, if you want a logo that is custom done artwork and a custom like a custom logo uh pay for it to be into like pay an artist to have it done and then copyright like get it you know trademarked and everything mm-hmm. because then nobody else could take it if you go onto like iStock or Shutterstock or whatever and you get a clip art it just because you bought it doesn't mean you bought the artist's right to use it forever right so i mean we got it we got into this just the other day at work because people are like well is it trademark can i just no you you're paying this much ten ten dollars for a credit or whatever to buy it on here, and I can change the colors and move it around. But that doesn't mean you wouldn't go to New Hampshire and find a, a sign that has a, your same piece of clip art just changed in a color and moved around and go, oh my god, I'm suing that company. No, you're not. You know, you, wait a minute. That clip art I used is being used on one of them there pornography websites. Or oh, I no. have it on a pornography website, and I'm mad that somebody legitimate is using it. <laughs> I'm mad. Um, so yeah, I, I would advise that if you're, it, you know, if you're going to do something custom and you want it to be yours forever, and you're going to get it trademarked, and it's going to be that serious, fine. If you're doing a yard sale and you want a logo for your yard sale, 
you're not spending the money on it. So if I buy, if I go into Word uh, clip art and find something for you, you'll be happy with it and you'll shut up. That's <gasps> just the way it'll be. Shut up and take it. Uh, it's all what people will pay. <laughs> That's and what find, she said. And I find with a lot of my clients, we're just, we're, I say low end clients because it's, we know when you're not you're not dealing with a a fifty thousand dollar website. You're dealing with a, at most a couple thousand dollar website just because of the hours involved in doing the maintenance and, and building. No, I know what you meant. You you're, you're dealing with clients that don't have the the budget and the buying power of right. PPG. Right. If you're dealing with somebody that is running a home business or you know a smaller business where they don't have the type of money to invest that PPG or Nike and right. you know all those other they places have, have art departments. Right. With people like Jeanette doing artwork that they pay them $8 an hour to do what they should be getting paid $50 an hour to do and then uh, put it because it's in their department and they're making a salary and, uh, you know, insurance and health insurance and stuff. They can pay them that. But as a freelancer, they should be making a hell of a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. But so they'll pay those people. Greg has opinions. Well, I I just I I, I like it. Well, no, it's just one of those things that I, I wish everybody got paid what they were worth. Right. Because I see every the one thing that no one has enough of is time. So your time is valuable, whether you do it, you know, doing artwork or whether you do it graphic design or writing or narrating or whatever. Your time is the most valuable thing in the world. So hopefully you get as much as you can for it. But when you're in a business, I mean, I work both at a business and freelance, and um, it's a shame that I don't make as much as I do at work than I do there but there's a lot of overhead there and it's just there's rules and the way things yeah. work um but the clients that i deal with they're they're just not i mean i don't know if i'd want that because i don't think i, I guess I, I i've never really thought about it because you know when i went to iup and we were doing all that stuff they they try to get you like you're going to be in a downtown firm and you're going to be like doing these high designs. A no, it, it's not even that. They're not making it like you're going to be rich. They're going to make they make it like you're doing stuff for like Nike and you're in a magazine. Oh. And hey, if you can get into one of those places, excellent. But everybody else is working for a fucking newspaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody else is doing typesetting for a newspaper. Where I, that's where I started doing typesetting for a newspaper. Where they go, you have a half an hour, cram all the shit into that space, and don't make it look so stupid, and don't have any typos. So you learn to do that stuff fast and make it pretty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's so I'm kind of like one step up above that now where I'm like, I'll make things pretty in the time that I have for as little money as these people have. I mm-hmm. Maybe I wish that I could do those other things, but I would probably laugh at it because I, th- there's so much time wasted. Like I see people that have had these companies do these logo packages and branding guides and everything. And they're like, we spent like, hundred thousand dollars to have this stuff done i'm like it's a joke no i mean like exactly they come look at me i've spent right those people those businesses come to us to fix it yeah oh like okay so we're the you know we're getting things done we're fixing all this work for these people that made this a huge amount of money on on the design then it's really not that good and all they did was take a couple shapes and throw your text in there you know like mm-hmm. uh, i'm not impressed by that yeah but there is a lot i mean there's a lot to be said like if uh somebody was doing what i was doing and if i had an art department for a business and i pulled in an artist like you're doing for your uh, for your podcasts mm-hmm. that would be amazing because if you were making money at the business and you could pay these artists to do custom artwork, that artwork is yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're paying those artists for the artwork. 
they're getting their I mean they're getting paid and their artwork is getting shown and mm-hmm. you can give them art credit like I always look at like things like UPMC and uh, those bigger companies like hospitals and stuff that mm-hmm. show like custom artwork like art like paintings and stuff so the artist is getting recognition they're getting their artwork out there on really nice big pieces marketing packages mm-hmm. and uh they're getting paid and then the marketing pieces are accessible and they're unique mm-hmm. that, I, I, that i would enjoy to do but that's not the world that i live in and where like the level that i'm at with my stuff so i'm stuck with making the best out of a pile of shit usually <laughs> so how important is the how important is branding for an independent writer, artist, creative, you know, podcast. I mean, for me, I think it, it levels the playing field because the goal is whenever you are starting out is to look bigger than you are and a professional yes, image, that. a professional logo, professional letterhead, business cards level the playing field between you and someone who's been doing it for 10 or 15 years. Right. Well, I, I totally agree with the make yourself look bigger than you are because that's how you get your stuff seen. Because right. if you're a wallflower, you're going to be dead before they notice your stuff. And that's a shame with art in general. How uh, often how often do you recommend to your, your clients that they update their branding or update their website? I mean, website, I guess, is a separate issue, but that's still a question, too. Like, how often should you be updating your, your website and your look and your feel? Uh. I would suggest that any chance that you get to add, like for websites, adding content to your website mm-hmm. is every chance you get. There's no, it's invaluable. I mean, just if somebody that blogs is getting ranking over somebody that just has their website up for five years with a phone number on it, mm-hmm. it's just because everybody's paying for ad clicks and all this other stuff. And uh, I, I mean, rating wise, I think people that just are on their websites putting up their artwork, putting up their stories. There's stuff going on. They're on social media. The more activity, the better. As far as pay, uh, print media. Yeah, because Google ranks that way, don't they? By, by like how active your site is. I mean, I think it's one thing yeah. that a, a lot of people there. don't know is that your search engine ranking is based upon your activity. Right. And also how often you link out to other. There's a bunch of criteria. Yeah. And then you yeah, can yeah. pay. You can pay for that stuff and and get ads and paper clicks and stuff like that. And I, for the, my clients, I always tell them it's not worth it because, because they'll come to me and they'll be like, I want to be first in Pittsburgh for coffee cups. Whenever you put in coffee cups, I'll be like, uh, go talk to somebody else because that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, like let's reality, <laughs> reality will set it and be like, okay, uh, I want to come at first in Pittsburgh when I search under Pittsburgh, like for just Pittsburgh. No, 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 no. You, Reality check. <laughs> Not unless all you're doing is blogging about Pittsburgh and then yeah. having the social media Or you whole murdered somebody in things. Pittsburgh, named there you Pittsburgh, go. <laughs> and your name is Pittsburgh. <laughs> P. Pittsburgh, but you also yes. blogged about murdering in Pittsburgh, yes, that exactly. person named and Pittsburgh. And you were in the news. And, uh, yes. So, <laughs> then yeah, you'll I, come I, up first. <laughs> but, but these people, these people, my clients are usually sitting back going, refresh, 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 refresh. Do I, I want a hit counter. I'm done talking to you. You want to hit counter, I'm done talking to you. If you need to sit there and look at how many people clicked on your website every five seconds, you're not doing enough on your website to warrant nope. it. Yeah. Because you're spending that time when you could be doing something else like 
making an article on Facebook and tagging. Yeah, I mean, stats and demographic uh, stats and numbers are important. Like, where is my podcast popular? How many downloads am I getting? That stuff's important, but it's yeah. Some people get obsessed with that, and that's it's easy to do. Yeah. Well, the concept of websites in general, I find a lot of people don't even need them. They just want them. They want them just to have them. What's that? A web? Just having a website? Yeah. Well, I mean, is is it not an important part of your your branding no, and your all, mark? No, not all people should have one. Really? Right. It's just a waste of money for some people that don't. Because you have to. It's so, me as a writer, should I have a website? Oh, hell yes. Okay. Because you Jeanette is an artist. She should she should have a website. Right. Uh, somebody out there that's making a podcast, obviously, they should have a website. Right. I mean iTunes is king. I mean, you're going to go to iTunes or one of these other podcatchers, but once someone is a fan of, of your show, they're going to want to dig a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You, so, you, like, you sell if someone who, yeah. out of your cl- cupboard, you don't need a website yet. <laughs> you have 20 flavors of jelly. And I, need a, I need a Facebook page, right? right? I, what are you going to fit? Well, here's, got, here's my new batch of I jelly. Got, I got new blueberries. Look, if you want to look bigger than you are and you want to sell it, those people, a lot of people aren't ready for that. Yeah. So they're mm-hmm. stuck in the middle. It's like a, a mullet, sort of like, <laughs> you know, like they have short, you either have short hair, that shit hair stage, which is a mullet, or you have long hair. And most people are stuck in that st- shit stage where they're just like, I don't really need the website. I'm not ready to add content to it, but oh, I better buy my domain because I, I, it might not be there. So I advise <laughs> for those people, buy the domain. Once they have sales, that are offline, unless they're doing online sales, then they're building their their business around a web. Like if she's selling jelly exclusively online, of course she's going to need that as a platform. But right. if you're just doing that and you'd be like, I have yard sales every week. I'm going to have a website. <laughs> <laughs> but do you actually get people coming in? They're like, I'm going to have seven yard sales this summer. I need a website. No, but I've had... Thank clients, God. But I've had clients that... Ha- that want to put all this energy into getting rankings. Oh, I see and what stuff you're saying. Yeah, or nothing. Yeah, you can get the same contact information, the same hours, the directions from Google. Yeah, because your business, your business, if you do not have a Facebook account or you do not have a website, Google will populate it with the information for your address and your business and your phone and your hours mm-hmm. without you. Facebook. You, it'll put a location. It'll make a Google location for your business until you, until you, um, like actually claim it as the business owner. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, the world is going without you. It's moving forward <laughs> without you. So if you want to spend, like I tell customers, like if you want to spend five hundred to a thousand dollars on a website right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your money. But we don't have any content. Right. Like you're just gonna have a one page. I bought my domain, whoopity do, and you're never going to update it. And then you're going to go back, and the, the rankings aren't going to matter because nobody's going to your site. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. No it's, it. it's kind of the same thing that I've, you know, uh, we look at it for for like writing or art or whatever. It's like don't just build a website and say you're a writer and and put it out there. Like actually spend your time writing first. Like have something to market. You know, like mm-hmm. have you know have have a podcast to, to put out there. Have a book to put out there. Have a collection of short stories. Something. You know, I mean if you're going to be sitting there and you if build a website and publish a new story once a week or something like that, that's different than like putting together a website and going, "Oh, okay, now I need to put my picture over here." Like fucking write something. Or the way around that as people that are artists and writers and creative people 
pay somebody that knows how to market you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are people that do that for a living. If you don't want to be bothered with social media, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be bothered with website development and marketing, there are people that do that for a living that make you look better than you are. What about if you're, what if, what if you're new? What if you don't have a lot of money? What if you're an independent with, uh, this go, is not your primary I go job back yet. To the mullet phase. Okay. There's going to be a shit phase where the hair is just not going to look good. <laughs> and that's going to be that phase, and you got to grin and bear it and get through it, and hopefully you come out on the other side with lo- nice, long locks of hair. Uh, or you could give up and then cut it off, and then you're a short-haired person again. Uh, but, yeah, I don't... I, I don't know. I, I have lots of opinions on this stuff, because <laughs> I deal with this every day, and I have to talk people out of spending money when they don't really need to. Well, no, I think I that's good, I because, I, I mean, like that's... Just yeah. that's people's money when it... I mean... I should be that way because that's what they teach you in college. Go out and get a job and no matter what you can do, if you can make money off somebody, make money off of somebody. But I'm yeah. I'm doing it for so long, I'm just like, this doesn't need to be done. I mean, we could do it more efficiently and I could save you money because I've spent so long saving people time and money with, the, with designs mm-hmm. that now I'm not in that mindset of, oh, I'll do you a $15,000 logo branding thing. No problem. And I'll just mark everything up and whatever. No, I know what I'm worth. I know what my time's worth. I know what I can do for you. Here's give me your budget, and I know what I can do for you in that. You're not going to get that from everybody because uh-huh. there's. I mean, you go to the art institute and stuff, and you, those people that are doing graphic design are taught to, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to make as much as I can off of this one client, and I. It sucks for the clients that have to deal with uh, people that are all about the money. Like I guess in a way I'm I'm all about the art end of it. I I want them to have a perfect piece. I want them to be happy. I don't even charge people until like for my freelance stuff until the job's done, which oh. sucks because you should really get paid before the job is done. But yeah, you should. I'm so like I think that they'll like it so much, and I want them to be happy with the work so much that I end up saying no, no. I want you to be happy before you pay me. Uh, so yeah, I wish everybody was like that, but that's not usually how the world works. For this higher you thing. definitely but still answer the think question like a fine artist. You had pr- before about the print stuff and and logos and how often you should revamp that. That's based off the business because you can look at your own marketing materials and go, yeah, that's that green color that they used in walls and carpeting in uh, that era, and I really need to change my. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because your your business will go through styles, yeah, and it'll like when you design stuff, it'll be like, here's photos of people wearing plaid. And I need to get those off there now. And if your logo looks like it's dated, then, I mean, it's all based off of, it depends on the business too. Like if you're a really, really higher, higher end business, you're going to have that stuff implemented in there to do a change every couple of years. If you're a mm-hmm. small business, that logo is very, very important to you because you spent way, uh, a lot of money branding it and getting it, getting your identity down. So you're not going to just up and change. You don't have the money to just say, I'm going to, totally make a new look for myself because at that point, nobody's going to know who the hell you are. So you yep. might as well keep your logo the same uh, because the rebrand's probably going to hurt you for a little bit more than mm-hmm. it will help you. Uh, so yes, I, I'd say uh, reevaluating is important, but unless you have a lot of money, the total redesign, like a rebranding of logo and stuff, it only comes into play whenever it looks dated. And hopefully when you had it designed, they designed that in mind not to make something that looks dated. 
like something that could look dated. Do you know what I mean by that? I do. That makes. Then again, sense. you can have those people that have drive-ins that have logos that already look dated, and they're always going to look dated because they're drive-in logos. And that's <laughs> so, the idea. <laughs> and that's the idea, and you never really have to change those. So, what was your question, Jeanette? I sorry, I talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> He's like a lawnmower. Once you get him started, I, I think I lost track of what I was going to ask. Uh, that's, that's what um, she said. <laughs> uh, you've you've dropped a lot of good thoughts there, though. Like, um, oh, the one thing that I was just going to add was that it, you know, one thing that a lot of us creative types have over like regular companies is. We are making things, so we at least have content going for us. So, um, like you were saying, like just having a website, if you're not actually producing anything, is worth nothing. Right. Whereas for writers and artists and other storytellers, that most most I think most of the people who listen to this podcast are making things or want to be right. making things. Um, I would you say that them having a website is good because they're going to start populating it with the stuff that they're making. Uh, I, I think getting your domain uh, the way, you know, the one that you want and securing that is always good. If you're starting a business, whether you're doing uh, artwork and you, you have your, by your name, but you know what I mean? Getting domains now is a wise idea because somebody else will buy it and park it and you'll pay way too much for it. If you want it after that. Oh point. yeah. And then don't start dicking around trying to buy your domain name and then forget about it because uh, I'm pretty sure they'll see that and buy it anyway. Like, I, I don't know if it's a fact, but I wouldn't want to take that risk of like GoDaddy seeing that there's uh, somebody trying to put in there that they want this domain and then backing off and wanting this domain and backing off because they're a company and I'm sure they have parking thing, parking companies that buy them and just park mm-hmm. them to make $1,000 instead of $7 out of it. Um but yeah, I can't confirm um, that. Back when uh, Haunting TV was a YouTube channel that my husband and I made, and we were looking at hauntingtv.com, and then suddenly that was bought, and they wanted $5,000 for it. So we're like, fine, it'll be hauntingtelevision.com. Right. <laughs> right. Because... I, always, I always tell people to buy it when you, if you want it, don't dawdle on it, especially if you're typing in search, searching for it. Mm-hmm. buy it when you like instead of waiting on it i mean it's you can always let it lapse if you don't yeah. end up using it after a year i mean it's really domains are cheap um, yeah they are but building the actual website i mean it's it's gonna go on a per person basis i mean if you're if you're looking at you know in the upcoming year you're gonna start making a lot of more a lot more uh pieces and you are going to be at shows and people are going to be seeing your work. There's no reason why you shouldn't have promote it on the web. I mean, that's what the the world is now, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook and a website. Uh, then again, there are some people that really don't need a website and really just need to promote themselves on Facebook and they can show their work on Facebook. As long as they don't do it as a personal page, I think they're fine. A lot of people make the mistake of making a personal page, putting all their business stuff on it. And then it's really hard to segment the audience when you're putting pictures of you at like uh, an amusement park. Uh, and yep. then the next thing you're talking about coupons for work. So yeah. I try to stress like, uh, you know, I've learned from people making mistakes. So more than just graphic design and web design of uh, people making mistakes with their business that were like, well, the, okay, this wasn't the wisest choice. We could have, you know, stopped this by making this choice earlier on. Uh, but then again, things have changed with fan pages and business pages. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get caught up in that where when it started, there really wasn't very much available. 
with Facebook, and now they have a full blown like fan section, and and you can promote ads and boost ads and whatnot for businesses. So you know, as things change, you should keep up to keep up on that, or pay somebody that's going to keep up on it, or just not be surprised if it's changed and you're not getting <laughs> quite the uh, reaction that you used to be getting from it. So. But yeah, I'm I'm part of a blogging group where they're just yeah. like, hey, let's share about what we're learning about blogging. And a lot of them were getting a lot of traffic from Pinterest specifically. Right. And then Pinterest changed their algorithm. And suddenly they're like, my traffic has dropped half, mm-hmm. like 50 percent. Um, what do I do? It's like, well, we learn what's next. Right. Um, so I guess or I could, try something else <laughs> or try yeah. something else. What's the next thing? Blab. Right. Okay, let's go. <laughs> There's always well, yeah, new. You, you really kind of just toys. have to be right. You have to be on top of. I mean, with social media, it's changing. It already changed. It just Constantly. changed. Sorry, it oh, just changed. It just we changed while we were talking about it. Um, <laughs> Snapchat. So, yeah. What's that? Psh, next. So you just got to do your best, or you pay somebody that says they know how to do that stuff, and they keep a, uh, ahead of it, and you make sure you don't pay them more than what you're getting out of traffic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's all. Um, so yeah. for those of us out there that don't know where to find those kind of people, how do you find someone who would be able to help you with the social media part of things? Oh, geez. Um, I have a person that I work with that it does social media. I, I'd imagine. Um, just call Greg. Just call me. Call yeah. Greg. Gotcha. <laughs> Greg, will, Greg will hook you up. 555 Greg. That's right. Five five five. Greg equals awesome. <laughs> That's terrific. Just keep dialing until you hear someone talking. Right. Hello, you it's just me. reached Greg. Uh, one thing that I found in, in my experience with just doing everything nowadays is somebody has already done it before you. So I, I hate to say this, just Google it because somebody else has done it before you. You want to fix something? Somebody else has done it before you. Yeah, there's so probably sure. a YouTube video to yeah, show you how a, to do it step by step. There's a video probably. about going and looking at YouTube videos about Googling things. Uh, it's <laughs> it's all there. You just have to know how to get the, how to understand the information. And if you're not a total dumbass, you should be able to do that. <laughs> so well, that would be all our listeners. They are not total dumbasses. That's right. We, we have we only have smart listeners here. It's true. Well, that's good because then they wouldn't be lost. That's correct. But yeah, I mean, it, the the world is out there. It's the thanks, Dad. All kinds of information. Uh, if you're looking for promoting stuff on social media, there are a thousand people that would do it for you right now, and they're in your email box right now, telling you how they will do it. For I'll you. tell you one resource you can use: how to draw comics the stigmata way. If you head on over to YouTube and you look that up, John Towers is a is a machine at social media. There's a ton of stuff on there, like Instagram, Pinterest, all that stuff. There's there's strategies on there, and they work. It's true. Tested, approved, <laughs> tested, and approved. So I have a question for you, Greg. You you said you were a failed artist, so you started out as an artist, and I don't know you about a failed. Artist. Well, you decided you, you, exactly. That's what I mean. You said that you gave up on it, and that this was before we were started recording today. You yeah. said that if you had another go at it, you might be able to do it differently because you have a lot of knowledge that you've acquired in working in the marketing would, and graphic design sector. I would not take any shit. Yeah. So, so if you had young, if you had a time machine and you could go back and talk to young Greg, what would you tell him? What would you be your master plan? I wouldn't have gone to college. Okay. I no. If I mean right now, hear that kids drop out. No, I'm, 
<laughs> I'm just that's what we say <laughs> here at the ninth plan. story. Drop out. No, I'm saying it. College is very important to to help you grow, but well, if everybody could go back in a time machine with me and I could tell them things that I've learned, they would be fine. But as an artist, I don't need those people. I, di- I didn't need those people when I thought I did. Okay. So when you have a painter telling you, you need to do it this way, and I started to get that way in college. I had, I had painting professors and stuff telling me, well, you have to do it this way, and you have to do it this way. And I'll be like, and I, and I, it, I think I overthought it. Like I, I was like, why do I have to do it this way? I was starting to think outside of the box, and I wanted to do this differently. And this, I mean, I wasn't the kind of person that lived in the basement of the sculpture department, like into <laughs> right. all hours of the morning with clay and whatever. Uh, but I tried that for a while. I tried painting till all hours of the night in the art building and being, I wasn't that type of person. So I'm more of a, I, I was more of a, I question everything. Like, why am I doing this way? Why is it that somebody can splatter fucking paint? on a thing and all of a sudden he's a master or whatever when it looks like shit to me. <laughs> and I said this to my teachers all the time and they hated that because they want to be like, look, I draw, I, I paint angels and teacups. If you don't paint angels and teacups, you're not getting an A in this class. Well, mm-hmm. Fuck you. I don't want to be in this class anyway because I don't want to paint that. Like I, I painted a waterfall <laughs> and this teacher was like, oh, it's just a waterfall. So I painted like I, I, <laughs> I had college was very, very, very trying for me because I, I painted um, like a classical art piece over top of it and left my waterfall in the back. And the teacher like laughed at me. He's like, what the hell is this? So I got mad about that. And I painted like big slash marks and blood dripping down off of it. And then I took that into class and she she kicked me out of the class. because she got the message how dare you be creative keep fucking with me how dare you convey your emotions through art and then (laughs) i had a sculpture my sculpture teacher did not like me uh at all and uh i i wasn't very good at sculpture i didn't i didn't see the vision that my all the other sculpture students had so i was walking through a junkyard right near the college and i was like oh look it's a smashed radio so I brought the Smash Radio in and I put it on a brick and called it Smash Radio. And I got an F on that project. But that's what everybody else's projects were. A bunch of shit. <laughs> and I got an F for it. So then my next project, I got really creative. I took aluminum foil and smashed it on my face and then put a red light and a blue light next to it. And that was my art installation of my face in foil with lights on it. I failed that one too. Because I just... <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it. What you didn't know how to conform. See, right. you I, just I, didn't do the BS part of it well enough. Right, you needed to right. be so like, a, this is an expression of how the darkness in my life right. mashes with the brightness of it and right. creates the full depth of my soul. And then they'd so, be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I so right it. now, I know where I am. If I did that right you know now, what's important, I would Greg, talk marketing. I would, marketing is so important. If I did Smash it's Radio so on a important. block right now, it would be so popular smash radio on a blog yes it would have got an a plus he would have given me his job you you could put that on instagram or twitter that's well i saved a lot of my artwork from college it it, and just start randomly tweeting it yes (laughs) i have i did well i started to go outside of the box i did this painting in painting class that was like was it three foot by three foot big heavy wooden planks and there's like 20 of them 
and I called it clusterfuck because they all connect. And it was every thought I could put into a, into a, like a painting. So like there's a Optimus Prime is fighting a fucking lizard and uh, there's a scarecrow and a big skeleton and the army over here and spikes and scorpion from Mortal Kombat. And uh, <laughs> it was awesome because like at that point I said, you know what? I don't care. I don't care anymore about this. I'm just going to put whatever I want on this. I got an A on it. Ah, there you go. Right. It's it's Gene Simmons fighting Optimus Prime. <laughs> this is an Optimus expression Prime. of my pop culture and how confused I am about it. Right. So it, I'm the demon. Arrogance kind of Optimus Prime. Confidence pays off. Yeah. So as far as artists are concerned, you kind of need to be bigger than the other guy to get seen to get visual, and then you back off whenever you're too arrogant and they want to like cast you out. So. I but think, just uh, long enough. <laughs> if, if I could go back in t- back to school, I would probably not go to school, and I would have found a way to make uh, what I'm making in freelance design, doing what I'm doing now. Then, and I would have made more money because mm-hmm. I paid a lot of money to basically. It, it's all. It's just a, an emotional ride. I mean, you go to college for the experience and for yeah. you know growing, but what you actually learn, I learned more from working than I did from going to college, even about artwork. Mm-hmm. But, I mean. Yeah, but how did you learn how to drink beer in college? I didn't drink beer until like my sophomore my sophomore year. Like I didn't really drink, and then after that, I drank. Yeah, it was, this go. is wonderful. Where you been all my life? It's snowing, and I'm doing snow angels in the backyard of somebody's we. house. <laughs> why? Why didn't I know about this before? Yeah, <laughs> no one told me this was awesome. I was not a big partier in school. Whether whether IUP the college that I went to is a party school or not, I really didn't party that much. Um, that's because I was uh, in the basement of the art department painting. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> that was like Fighting right at the Frank. end of it. It, it, it. Everybody is so emotional when you're dealing with artists. It's hilarious. Oh, like, yeah. Looking back, if I could just step back and just laugh about everything that happened, like my, that particular piece. That happened in a class when my grandfather died, so I needed to go home to go to the funeral and stuff. And I came back, and my teacher really didn't like me because he just I, – I, I really just hit a nerve to every art teacher because they were <laughs> oversensitive anyway, being where they are, not being recognized because they were teachers and not showing their art as much as they wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever I came back and I said, well, my grandfather died, he wouldn't allow it. He, he thought it was a fake excuse. So I basically oh. told him to go fuck himself and said, uh, my – and grandfather died and then he wrote me this letter and like cried telling me that he he was sorry that about my grandma I was like really <sighs> uh, yeah I'd like to invite you to go and have sex with yourself because I think that's something that you could go and do <laughs> college it was fun college it's true uh, <laughs> it's a good it growing made me who I am today <laughs> indeed quite cynical <laughs> That's and Pine I Mendes. guess I'm really confident too. I didn't realize how confident I am. I hope it's too not uh, too not borderline arrogant. <laughs> you arrogant egocentric son of a bitch. That's right. That's right. Well, if if I'm understanding you correctly, it's necessary, especially as a freelancer. Like to get clients in general, you just you kind of have to walk in and be like, "Nope, I am exactly the person that you need to hire right now." Mm. When Your I walked, in, when I walked into me. my office that I've been working at for 10 years, I came in with a cat on my fucking resume. 
<laughs> and I'm still working there. And they make fun of me for it, but they remember that I had a cat on my resume. And they hired you. <laughs> I, had, I had a resume once that I sent out that was all in ransom note letters. That one didn't pan out too well. They didn't pay for that one. But that one was fun to make. I would have cut hired it all up. That. Like I made it like uh, like I was. It was a whole story too. I made it up like uh, if you don't, we're gonna cut his fingers off. If you don't call him for an interview, and I'll send them to you in a box. I, maybe they took it the wrong way. But I <laughs> the cops showed up at but, Greg's house. But I enjoyed making that. I, yeah, I I I did the whole artist thing for a long time. I I, I fell into that, and I you know I ended up wanting to make money. So my resume is a comic strip. <laughs> I did do comic strips too. So. Did those pan out? I used to do uh, uh, what Ant Man. I used to do these little. It's just three little circles of ants, like just a head, body, and about a body and legs. And I used to do comics for that. I, I did all that stuff. Now it's like reminiscing. I feel <laughs> like I want to go sketch something. I won't. Good. I'll go play. That's what we're about here. We we inspired Jeanette. Well, we. By we, we mean. By, by we, I mean Gwendolyn Keist, who was one of my guests. Right. She inspired Jeanette to pull off to, to a truck stop and, and write for an hour. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, so did maybe, maybe doing, maybe doing horribly this show. well. <laughs> yes. At least you're having an adventure. I, I don't think I want to stop at the BP and sketch something on the back of my car seat. <laughs> no, but if I've I inspire you to, to, to go home and pick up a pen and a piece of paper and actually sketch something. Because I don't know what then I'm drawing. We've, we've done our job here today, Jeanette. Right. And I'd tell a story in, yeah. about an elevator. That's awesome. That transforms. I'll put it up on the website. Yes. That's right. Elevator Prime. Elevator. Oh, that's fantastic. Roll out. Optimus. Optimus. Elevator Prime. You can do we that put really Gene well. Simmons in the elevator? Well, I'm battling Optimus Primes. Yeah. Because I can do. I, I do Optimus Prime, but only a couple of phrases. Okay. What, what are your you phrases? Megatron? No. How's Meg- which Megatron? He's like the, the original. Well, I know who he is. One, the, the, I just know Optimus Prime's voice. No. I'm Optimus Prime. Autobots, roll out. <laughs> roll out. <laughs> you going to try to do it too, Jeanette? Do you want to do op- three uh, Optimus Primes in one podcast? We'll, is too we'll many? Let's see. Roll out. That's all I got. <laughs> it's, pre- it's terrible. Optimus. I'm fired. Autobots, roll a doobie. Autobots, roll out. Bumblebee. No, not even. I'm the annoying human who's hanging out with the Autobots. Oh, my God. Bumblebee. about to smash me. Save me, Autobots. There you go. <laughs> Is that how that went? Uh, what episode was that? <laughs> then you got you got uh, Megatron. And he's like Prime. You gotta do this Prime. You know, like I don't know how that guy has a voice after doing one line. Uh, but Megatron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you do that well. Well, Frank Welker. Uh, Megatron was very very raspy, and it just sounded like he was just like way in the back of his throat. <sighs> I tried to do a Megatron. Yeah, I don't know. See, you should do uh, you should do Roll narration. I should. I should. should. I should do you voices should do some or something. Voice acting you should do voiceover work. You know the thing about the thing about Kiss is. <laughs> I love that. Kiss is Kiss is like steak and ice cream. I think we talked you know, about it. It's, it's you know it's something for everybody. You know, Gene, you're right. You're right, Gene. It is. It's like steak and ice cream. That's right, Paul. Do you do uh, what other impersonations do you do? I think we might have talked to this well, on another podcast. I, I used to remember. do Ronald Reagan. Yeah. But I'm for you? pretty poorly. Uh. <laughs> Jeanette, do you do any impersonations other than that really awesome Optimus Prime and that secondary character from the Transformers show? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not so uh. great at impersonations. Uh. 
I have a couple accents in my repertoire, but that's oh, about it. Like uh, what? Like Australian? an Irish one. I can slip into that one pretty easily, actually. Oh, that's because that's I good. had a friend. Her name was Fiona, and I spent a whole summer talking to her because I thought she was absolutely fascinating. So I kind of picked up on that one a little bit. <laughs> wow. And then I did a whole D&D campaign where my name was Avi, spelled A-V-I, because I thought that was clever. And then, of course, she was with this accent, and then I got really stuck into that. So whenever I do this accent, oh. I think about that character, actually. Wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> We're bringing out, the, bringing out the impersonations. You keep your money, and I'll eat your baby. I want my baby back, baby. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of impersonations right. and funny people... I'm driving down your street, and there's a bunch of little girls playing on the street here. And I had my windows down, and I'm listening to Eddie Murphy Raw or Delirious, where he's oh, talking no. about Ed Norton saying, "And you, you're gonna fuck me in the ass as loud as it possibly could be in my car." Right, that's, that's right when he hits past the three little girls. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bend over, Norton, and when I do, you start fucking. As soon as I pass them, that's right what came out of the window. I'm like, and what? I look creepy. <laughs> Just a little. Hey, kids. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's right. <laughs> I do a really bad Harry Carey, a really bad Arnold oh. a really bad uh, Bill Cosby, a really bad Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It's a gentleman's club. Bring your ass close to my face. <laughs> I'm going to hit you right. What was it? My word on the other podcast was trying to get me in the mood to do it was ashtray. You got to get ashtray, ashtray, <laughs> ashtray. Because you get your mouth in the position every oh. once in a while. I can do Michael Caine. It's sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but How's that I, go? I can't do it right now. It's, okay. it's one of those things where you, you, you kind of have to be right in it. <laughs> and then Batman. I, everybody does the new Batman. Just growl and yell. I do shit. have one impersonation. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. It's Samora. Ready? Uh, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that noise. That's not even a good one. Is that, the, is that from The Ring? <laughs> no, that's from The They're, Grudge. Oh, that's the right. I, I, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. My, you posted that the other day. That was uh, the, the Grudge versus The Ring, right? <laughs> I hate that noise. Oh, I fucking hate that noise. There's my Al, one impersonation. My friend Al used to, to, to make that noise all the time just to piss with me. He said, I'm just going to come to your house and stand out your windows. One time, did I tell you, we went on vacation with them, and they drove past me in another car all wearing V for Vendetta masks. <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs> Stepfather, his wife, and Al were in another car, and they drove, and it was the middle of the night. So just imagine three V for Vendetta masks going past. That's creepy as shit. Doomed. Yeah. That's just, that's like, what's going through your head is D-O-O-M-E-D. You are doomed. <laughs> so how, what's, what's Harry Carey sound like? Uh, well, I do, I do the impersonation of um, the guy from Saturday Night Live doing Harry Carey. Does so it involve like cheese? generation impersonation. What's Does it involve name? cheese? What's the guy? What's the guy? Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell? Yeah, Will Ferrell's impersonation of Harry Carey. <laughs> I do an impersonation of Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. Okay. Let's, because let's, cause that's the, I don't know who Harry Carey is. I've never heard Harry Carey. But seriously? Heard, yeah. But oh, I'll play him Will for you. Ferry, Will Ferrell's version on Saturday Night Live where he's like, if the moon was made of cheese, would, would you eat it? it? I would. <laughs> 
<laughs> my friends call me Whiskers. Because I'm curious like a cat. <laughs> Crack open a Budweiser. You're like, Gina, we're cutting the whole first half of this show. We're just going to sit here now with Greg and have him tell us things like Harry Carey. Yeah, see, yeah, that's perfect. But, uh, but that's a, it's, I do impersonations of people doing impersonations because it's funnier. Mm-hmm. Like if I actually had to do, you know, which I wish you could do the impersonation of uh, Morgan Freeman. My friend Andy Dufresne call, crawled through miles of sewage. <laughs> I used to, when I was a boy growing up in Georgia, I used to walk uphill in the middle of the night. People always said, Morgan, where the fuck do you think you're going? It's the middle of the night. School isn't until morning time. I would then walk back home, crawl in my bed, and think about morning. My neighbor, Andy Dufresne, I keep going all night long. They had a comedian do it once. They was just reading serial names or wrestler names. And it was like, Macho Man Randy Savage. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Here. Um, Sometimes in the middle of the night, I would touch myself. Because no one else wanted to. I'd lay there in the middle of the night <laughs> looking at the trees that someone had painted on the wall thinking to myself I need to paint over top of this <laughs> because it makes me very scared to sit here looking at the trees coming for me in the middle of the night. Let's read a recipe. <laughs> a recipe? Yes. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want me to look up here? Read a recipe. All right. Let's look up. Uh, <laughs> How about crab balls? Please <laughs> do Crab balls recipe. Paula Dean makes delicious crab balls. Paula says in a heavy deep pot, preheat peanut oil to 365 degrees Fahrenheit. For the tartar sauce, combine all ingredients into a food processor. <laughs> And and blend to achieve desired chunkiness. Ah, man, you got me going. In the tartar sauce, for the tartar sauce, combine all ingredients into a food processor and blend to achieve desired chunkiness. Adjust seasoning and chili until ready to use. For the crab balls, in a large bowl, moisten breadcrumbs with heavy cream. Now you're going to get lost in the story. <laughs> I remember that bowl once. I, in a large bowl, moistened breadcrumbs. You know the nice thing about bread? My grandmother used to make a delicious bread in the summertime. Sometimes it would be banana bread. Other times it'd be some kind of zucchini bread or whatever we had around the house that she might want to put inside a loaf of bread. One time I found her teeth in a loaf of bread. <laughs> Grandma was a little absent-minded. 
So uh, with the heavy cream, you mix in the remaining ingredients. Cream's nice. We used to get cream from the cows. I had my own cow once. I named that cow Andy Dufresne because Andy can be a girl's name, too. Shape into balls about the size of a walnut. My balls are about the size of a walnut. Fry in oil until brown. Like my balls are brown. My balls are chocolate and they're salty. You can suck on my chocolate salty balls. Put them in your mouth and suck them. In about five minutes per batch, you can serve the crab balls while hot. Nothing like some hot balls with tartar sauce. Nice and creamy. Balls can also be made ahead of time and reheated. You put them in your mouth and heat them up. House seasoning, one cup of salt, quarter cup of black pepper, quarter cup of garlic powder. Salt is good. I like salt. My daddy used to say if a man was worth his salt, he'd chase them off the back porch. But you never know. What the hell are we talking about here? (laughs) That was Awesome. Fresh lemon juice. <laughs> crab balls. This episode is brought Morgan to you by Freeman. Crab Balls. Uh, I don't think I've left that. <laughs> the crabbiest of balls. <laughs> you know, the thing about balls is... <laughs> my balls are a demon. Ball one. Ball two. <laughs> Holy shit. A man can't run with three balls. I'm going to go home and paint or yeah. something. You should. Uh, I'm going to go home and make some crab balls. Make yeah, that sounds delicious. Balls. And then paint those crab balls while you eat those crab balls. That's paint some crab <laughs> balls. That'll be the most artistic. I'm going to go hide them under a rock in a, in a field with a tree. And hopefully something. That rock has no business being there. It's no black and shiny like glass. I did not realize that you're. Uh, your Societies rise and societies fall. When the time comes, one society steps forward to build a better future. The Wicked Library, Kettle Whistle Radio, Night Story Podcast, Prog Watch, Red Horse Radio, The Lift, History Goes Bump. Listen, the M Writing Podcast, Society 13, Rebuilding Society, one podcast at a time. As long as they are written down, oh, oh, oh. That's an awesome. Oh, there she goes. She's got her ass right against his. Yeah, she does. (laughs) 
Let me grind on that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 